Some call it ANC, New Dawn Faction versus the proponents of state capture. Some call it the cleanup faction versus the fightback faction. Some, such as advocate Moses Kakane, call it ANC factional gang wars. But we don't have a name for it. But the big question is, can South Africans trust the ANC to root out corruption within its ranks following resolutions taken at its most recent National Executive Committee meeting? Guess only time will tell. My name is Mawanda Mashabadala, a political journalist at the Sunday Times. Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast. This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shift. Can you please come in? As always, I'm not alone. I'm joined today by my colleagues, Sunday Times political editor Sibonga Shoba and political journalist Apiwete Clerk. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Greetings, greetings. Thank you. Thank you for having us. The African National Congress, South Africa's governing party since 1994, this past weekend held an NEC meeting, which was mainly dominated by discussions on the scourge of corruption in the ANC-led government. This follows media reports about the ANC comrades, their family members, and business friends helping themselves to personal protective equipment tenders worth hundreds of millions of rands in the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. From President Cyril Ramaphosa spokesperson Kusela Digo's husband, reportedly having unduly benefited from a multi-million rent tender from Gauteng provincial government to a dead man, yes indeed, a dead man, scoring a PPE tender in the Eastern Cape and most recently, Northern Cape Premier Zaman Sal has been embroiled in a PPE tender scandal after his advisor's wife and his friend also benefited. These are but some of the prominent reports regarding the PPE tender scandals in the past few weeks. Now, let's hear what the ANC-NEC meeting resolved about dealing with corruption within the ANC and its government. The NEC reaffirmed the position taken at its meeting of 31st July to 2nd August in 2020 that the ANC needs to draw a line in the sand between the organization and those who steal from the people. The NEC agreed on decisive action that needs to be taken to tackle corruption within our own ranks as the ANC and across society. In this regard, the meeting received a report from the National Working Committee on the work undertaken to collate information on the individuals within the ANC who are facing charges of corruption or other serious crimes. The NEC welcomed the report and actions being taken at various levels and resolved that these actions must be completed as a matter of agency. This must be accompanied by public accountability. The NEC agreed that this will be a turning point in the fight against corruption and accordingly decided on the following. The NEC endorsed the contents of President Ramaphosa's letter to ANC members of 23rd August as a clear articulation of the policies and positions of the organization 
and agreed to the implementation of the points of action contained therein. The NEC emphasized that what seems to be a choreographed campaign against the president will not distract the movement from undertaking an intensified program against corruption and state capture as mandated by the 54th National Conference. In this regard, we will also work with other sectors of society and the broader population to confront the scourge of corruption. It also decided that cadres of the movement who are formally charged for corruption or other serious crimes must immediately step aside from all leadership positions in the ANC, in legislatures or other government structures, pending the finalization of their cases. That is ANC President uh, Cyril Ramaphosa during a post-NEC media briefing on Monday. Now, uh, Mr. Shoba, is this man willing and able to once and for all deal with the corruption cancer within the ANC and the government that it leads? It's a case of uh, uh, better late than never. Um, we've all been uh, calling on on him to show that he's in charge of the of the ruling party and uh, many articles have been written many such conversations have taken place in uh, in radio and television even on this platform um we've been saying that we must really show that he's the leader of the ANC. and um, as i said earlier it's a case of better late than never i don't think he has a choice because it's obvious that the public is uh, increasingly uh, losing faith in his party's uh, willingness uh, to deal with corruption. They are even doubting whether he's even capable of doing so. So it was, he really had no choice but to act and show leadership. Whether it will uh, root out corruption completely within the ruling party, I seriously doubt um, that we can... Um, we are going to witness an immediate change in how people in the ANC operate in, in terms of uh, the corruption and, and the allegations. I think we're going to continue seeing uh, allegations being level against leaders of the ANC. But it's a good start, provided a short-term and a long-term solution. It's a short-term solution because it will immediately deal with people who are only charged. If you have allegations against you, and there is no court case, it means that you are not affected by this decision for now. But for someone who is charged, for example, like uh, NC MP uh, Bongani Bongo, it means that he must step aside from his position, both in parliament and within the ANC. Zandi Lekumet has to step aside in KwaZulu-Natal. Mark Mabuyakulu has to step aside as the deputy chairperson of the ANC in KwaZulu-Natal. It also has long-term implication because th this means that other ANC leaders who have allegations against them who have not been charged as soon as they are charged this decision immediately applies to them as well now now mr declare and this mr declare is not uh, related to fwt so that i just become <laughs> clear <laughs> to our listeners mr declare 
this this resolution, this is not the first time the ANC is talking about being bold in the fight against corruption. In fact, in all its national conferences and police conferences since 1994, ever since they came into power in terms of the state, they've been talking about this cancer of corruption in each of every of their conferences and several of their NEC meetings. Someone would ask what's so different about this particular resolution of this NEC this time around? I think what's different now versus you are taking us back to 94 it, it seemed as if the party felt that its hands are tied in so far as someone who is not convicted. You see what I mean? They didn't have, as Shoba is saying, a sort of an internal party solution to people who have been tainted by corruption. So as long as you, you have not been found guilty of anything, even then, as long as you are still pursuing the matter in court, it could take up to even when you get to the concord. At that time, you see the, the, the example of the former leader in the Northern Cape, Mr. John Block, that he was seen as a comrade up until the last day. Um, if you look at the example of Tony Yengeni, for instance, they carried him on their shoulders to jail. That's the posture that they had in dealing with corruption then. Mm. So if you had processes like this, you you would have people distancing themselves uh, and not having a party embarrassing itself in that manner. So this time around, at least there is some form of structure uh, to say, okay, these are the processes that you are going to be taken through. Although I completely disagree with this thing of stepping aside, it's, it's quite a, a bogus arrangement, so to use your phrase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember the last time it was used, it was against Marius Fransman. Yes. And it was used completely in a manner that is fiction. I'm not saying Marius was right or wrong. Yes. I'm saying because the fiction that he was in at the time and the province where he's from, it assisted no one to boldly defend him. So with other people, maybe they will react differently. Mm. Uh, so this this issue of saying you step aside doesn't sit, it doesn't sit well with me. If, if, if someone has to resign, they must resign. But the other issue I have or the other point I would make, maybe should be an advice uh, with to them is that when an allegation is made, you are able to interrogate an inter allegation even if someone is not charged. When there is a newspaper article that says this is what so and so did uh, A, B, C and D and as journalists uh, in this country we are very good at holding them accountable. They can go through our stories uh, and say but these are the allegations. Never mind whether or not you have replied to them in the Sunday Times but replied, replied to us so that we can satisfy ourselves that based on the facts that are in front of us should you not step aside even if before you are charged if you get what I'm saying. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what also came out in the Monday briefing is that much as the NEC of the ANC took this strong stance uh, against ANC cadres facing corruption charges and other uh, serious criminal charges uh, having to step aside and not all seem to agree with this stance entirely. I mean, that is at least if uh, what ANC uh, Secretary General Ace Mahashule had to say on this resolution uh, on Monday. What President has also said is that uh, there are labor laws uh, in South Africa. There is a constitution, the rule of law, the law of natural justice. And the National Executive Committee does not express any guilt or innocence on anybody uh, because uh, people are presumed innocent until found guilty by a competent court of law. That's what the South African Constitution says. And the ANC is part of that uh, South African body politics and the constitution of the country is supreme. 
but the ANC has its own processes. And that's why President has outlined those processes in, term, in terms of us moving forward. In fact, on corruption, uh, President, we said uh, uh, we have to fight it uh, uh, very hard, but we must fight the corruptor, the corruptee, and the facilitator of corruption. Uh, that's what we should actually try and start doing as the African National Congress. Now, gentlemen, what what exactly should we read from this statement uh, by Mr. Mahashud? I mean, especially in light that... Uh, his name in particular has come out several times in the state capture commission of inquiry which i i cover a lot i mean uh, most recently for instance there was a businessman who benefited uh, big time during his time mr makashude that is as premier in the free state in the eradication of asbestos roofs uh, project there by that government and it came out there that there was a person who was recorded in a spreadsheet as am which are the initials of Mr. Ace Mahashule, to have uh, benefited from a kickback along other officials of the Department of Human Settlements. And you hear him talking in this manner as it regards, you know, all this talk about constitution, innocent until proven guilty, which takes us back to what appear you say that used to be the ANC approach. It seems like Ace Mahashule is on that position that it can be uh, what what can we read uh, from this uh, mr shop what we can read from this is that um, makashule and his backers are obviously opposed to the ndc decision they are opposed to the ndc decision to say people like zandi Lepumete and uh, bongani bongo must step aside merely because they've been charged what uh, makashule is trying to is trying to provide a legal argument for a political problem which, which doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't hold what Because this decision is dealing with the ethical issue that the ANC must take a principal stance against corruption. And a principal stance does not require a court to make a verdict or a judgment on, on a particular individual. Mm. It's an ethical stance. It's about uh, distancing the party from the allegations of corruption. As the president spoke about drawing the line, mm. exactly about that. It's about saying that can't hide behind the ANC and the ANC can't protect uh, people who are being accused of corruption. So mm. it tells you that um, his supporters are opposed to the decision and it shows you that the president in that meeting had his way, did his groundwork. He wrote that letter a week before to, mm. to set the tone for the meeting and to prepare his forces for the meeting, and, and, and he was giving a matching line. And, and that matching line, he also gave the same matching line when he opened the meeting with the political overview. Mm-hmm. As we understand it, in his overview, he quoted again and again from his letter, which shows that he had uh, taken a decision that uh, now we are drawing the line mm. in the sand. We are saying, um, we are distancing the party from this. And Mahashule's, um tells you that uh, mm. he and these supporters uh, were actually defeated in the Now, b- besides this corruption talk, I mean, the, the bigger war, of course, appeal that is going on here is, is one for the control of the party. I mean, it has culminated in the form of letters. There's been letters that have been flying all over <laughs> the show from last week. I mean, really, this all came into sharp focus last week after... These attempts to corner uh, uh, the NC president, uh, Mr. Ramaphosa, emerged in the build-up to the NEC meeting. It really all started with former NC youth league leader Andy Lelungisa writing a letter calling 
for Ramaphosa to be subjected to the party's integrity commission for the CR17 campaign funding. I mean, while we were still looking at that, uh, it was former president uh, Jacob Zuma, a known ally of Lungisa, who joined the bandwagon with a scathing letter against uh, President Ramaphosa. I mean, contents of which were, of course, identical to the letter of Lungisa. In fact, earlier than that, there had been calls uh, for President Cyril Ramaphosa by another party, the ATM. We know that there's still controversy around the formation of the ATM and the role that could have been played by a certain faction within the ANC. And then, I mean, at the National Working Committee meeting, I mean, which was a precursor to the NSC meeting, there was uh, this stalwart or long-serving NSC member, Tony Engen, who also used the same CR17 funding controversy to advance an argument that, uh, in fact, uh, President Ramaphosa must lead by example and resign because of of, of the CR17 funding. Here is how uh, ANC National Chairperson Kwede Mandashi summed up all these events. The reason that uh, this letter became to look suspicious is that it follows on a letter by Anne Lungisa, it follows another letter by other groups, uh, and another thing, so it, it looks like a choreographed attack on the president. And we have a responsibility to actually kill a choreographed attack on the president because he's the leader of the organization. Abim, what's going on here, man? <laughs> we, we must not forget the Maharani meeting, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you're saying uh, it's choreographed, yes. In fact, you you didn't include uh, uh, my good friend Adelim Mutama yes. uh, on laying charges in the build-up as well. Yes. Um, it seemed that way. Yes. Um, but but you you see um you, you must look at it. There, there was a big fight post. Well, uh, if you want to call it a fight post that NEC meeting, you would have seen a number of uh, leaders of the ANC who are pro Cyril Ramaphosa as well, saying in fact it is correct that as the as the party we must be disgusted by corruption. This and this, the likes of Zizi Code were coming out uh, uh, and them. So you you could see it uh, that there was no way. Um, you were going to go to this meeting without that the other faction caucusing and and and, and mounting an attack. Mm, um, mm. Seemingly, they got defeated, but it does look like really the Maharani resolutions were being implemented last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mr. Shawa, with uh, uh, these Maharani resolutions being implemented in this form, you know, we we see that the uh, Nazarek uh, fever or sour grapes for others have been really. They haven't been able to digest them properly. Is this their defeat in this uh, NEC meeting the last that we can expect? Or shall we expect a more mounted attacks on the leadership of President Ramaphosa going forward from the other faction that is mainly led by the former President Jacob Zoom? I think the gloves are off, Mawande. I think from now on we, we should expect more of what we, we saw last week. Because the faction lost at the NEC meeting, it, it does not mean that they will just give in that easy. You know, Joel Nettitende said uh, a long time ago that uh, this faction won't go down without a fight. Mm. And they are going to have a, a, a very strong fight. And you can <coughs> tell from last week that they are ready for this fight. You can tell from the letter from Andy Delugisa, mm. the, the letter from the former president, comments by NEC member uh, Tony Engen at the NWC meeting. You can tell that they are ready for, for, for the fight. Mm. But unfortunately for them, in structures that matter within the ANC, mm. they are really outnumbered. 
in the NWC, they had numbered uh, Tony Yengenim raised a proposal about the president possibly leading by example, and no one supported him in that meeting. As we know that Wedeman Tashe didn't start speaking out against this issue at the press briefing. Mm. He started at the NWC meeting. That's when he said that defended the president and said, you can't vote for the president to resign at this particular time. And in the end, NEC... We know they put up a fight and they were defeated because that uh, grouping is at number. But they will not give up without a fight. We saw Andy Lelungis according his own press briefing to say that uh, the people who want him out are actually the ones who are with him. And we can expect more of such going forward. Now, over and above this this resolution that uh, ANC leaders who have been charged with corruption and other serious crime must step aside, uh, the same NEC meeting further affirmed that uh, leaders facing serious allegations, which may not necessarily be charged in terms of the laws of the country, but are alleged to have been involved in wrongdoing, which brings into question the integrity of the organization, must avail themselves for questioning by the party's uh, integrity commission. But the challenge here, Apiwe, is that uh, there's already questions over the credibility of the integrity commission. I mean, more so, it's confusing handling of cases such as the case of uh, ANC Deputy President David Mabuza, who believes till today, as he said Monday, that he was cleared by the Integrity Commission, which is saying the exact opposite. But here is Didi Mabuza in his own words. So I made my presentation to the Integrity Commission. Um, Of course, with some discomfort in the process, at which they have arrived in their own decision. And the very fact that uh, in the process, I was never called. <coughs> According to them, I was not supposed to be called. I was supposed to present myself. Uh, I think we discussed that and we, we found one another. Uh, and then I left went back to the officials. Then the Integrity Commission wrote their own report about all the engagement which they had. All the comrades that presented themselves before them, seeking to say, um, these comrades can, can proceed and be and uh, do their work in the different uh, legislatures. That was presented to the NEC. It's in that regard that I was allowed to go back to Parliament. I've never insisted to go back. I was prepared to go the extra mile, deal with the all the issues that are raised by the Integrity Commission. Now, uh, clearly something is wrong with the Integrity Commission. In fact, I mean, I remember we had a conversation just before uh, coming in here about what has led to what Didi uh, Mabuza is saying, in that at the beginning there was never a communication that was sent out that said Didi uh, Mabuza and all those comrades that had gone to the Integrity Commission at the time had been cleared, but all we knew was Didi Mabuza said he's postponing his swearing-in, he's going in to answer to the, uh, the allegations, all his Bumalanga 
ghosts that continue to follow him to date. And then the next thing, the following day, the guy was being sworn in without any clear communication, but also for the integrity commission to then a year later come out and say we never cleared this guy seriously i I don't think that is a a manner of doing things so there there are those questions about the integrity commission appeal and it has been operating with inconsistencies since its formation in in mangawang the anc conference we remember at one time the former president jacob zuma was told to also step down and he flatly refused and there was no consequences for that now shall the anc appeal i mean to be blunt continue with an integrity commission that is first not its constitutional structure secondly it issues findings that can just be ignored willy-nilly um, okay um I, I agree with you uh, the way you characterize this this uh this thing between uh, the anc nec the commission and, and especially with the situation with uh, deputy president it seemed like a, a good idea at that time because they have a, a disciplinary structure mm-hmm. that is there uh, alongside the commission mm-hmm. hence my point earlier on um, that they should have had it as a resolution properly that when you have allegations like you were reading from the resolutions that those who are not charged and whatnot they must go to the integrity commission then you must have a proper structured or, or written a document that says this is how the the integrity commission operates it can call anyone or anyone can be uh, sent to it, mm-hmm. and it must satisfy itself on this basis, A, B, C, and D, at least, so mm-hmm. that the party can say, okay, even though there are these allegations, we stand by so-and-so, because our own internal process, this is what it, it, it arrived to. Now, when that internal process, both the, the deputy president of the country and maybe his chairperson are saying two different things. Uh, it, it's a report that said, but no, this man w- was never cleared. In fact, in their report um, that uh, uh, we wrote about, it says uh, we immediately wrote a letter to the NEC to say, but we don't know anything about uh, clearing the deputy president. He came, spoke to us and sort of made a presentation mm-hmm. and that was it. We mm-hmm. never interrogated him on anything. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Um, that, that's the part of these resolutions that just um, seem to me that they will be tough on other people and, and on maybe they, they won't uh, mm. or rather the leadership of the party will insist that with other people they must follow the recommendations of, of the integrity commission with others they just keep quiet like nothing happened mm. which is the exactly what happened with the deputy president mm. which is quite odd when you then say uh, this is the structure you're going to use mm. uh, uh, to deal with corruption or to deal with how your party has been viewed. Like in other cases, uh, um, if you would compare uh, with uh, here in Gauteng as a province um, on how they dealt with people who uh, have been accused with VBS, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, yes, they've been asked to resign from their positions. And they and stuff. refused. They, they refused. <laughs> but you see, now it's a, it's, a, it's a report that has been endorsed by the provincial executive committee mm. that on the basis of the report we agree with the report please refuse so from there you you can actually take on a formal process where you say but we took a resolution that these people must uh, resign on this basis they are refusing to resign they are appealing to this structure but this is a case we are going to continue to make until such time as this leadership we have seen it through you don't see the same vigor uh, when it comes to uh, the national uh, uh, executive, executive committee. committee in those matters. Yeah, it yeah. seems they pick soft targets. Yeah, 
and uh, I, I don't I don't understand why. Yeah. In fact, uh, Mr. Shaw, I mean, as your last bite, does this ANC Integrity Commission have the integrity to be viewed as a fair and independent platform in which all who appear before it can have confidence that it reached its conclusions without influence from any of the ANC factions? Uh, the latest developments um, in terms of, of how the Integrity Commission had conducted itself, it really leaves you with a lot of questions about the, the kind of processes that they follow. And if you take the, the issue of David Masondo, for an example, and uh, someone who went to them because there were certain allegations against him, and they just went on and spoke about issues that are really, really not related to the issue that he had raised with them and can only serve to dent the reputation of that structure. And many people may question their motives when it comes to issues. But I just want to wrap with this message uh, to say that the outcome of the NEC, as much as uh, it is welcome, we know that it's not enough. It's not enough to ask people to step aside. People are accused of corruption, but you ask them to step aside and they continue to draw salaries from the state. But I think we must welcome it as a positive start in a way that now there is um, some kind of willingness from the leadership of the ANC to do something whenever corruption allegations arise and when people get charged. But as the public, we must be vigilant in monitoring uh, how these processes unfold. We should um, be vigilant in continuing to ask questions in order for us to prevent a situation where such processes are used to second political scores or in a fictional manner. And we must uh, keep uh, the government or the institution on its toes. And whenever uh, corruption allegations are leveled against a leader, it doesn't matter which faction they belong in. And the ANC must be consistent in acting against those individuals. Mm. We must expect this resolution to be implemented without fear of it. Well, uh, I mean, earlier on when I started the show, I, of course, asked the question if South Africans can have confidence in the ANC uh, dealing with corruption. We hear now that most of this process will be handled by the national officials of the ANC. But I just have this to say around the officials of the ANC. There's President Cyril Ramaphosa, CR17 funding and sealed court documents continue to linger in the air. His deputy, David Mabuza, as I said earlier on, the ghost of his Mbumalanga days as a premier that side continued to follow him to this day. There's no resolution in that regard. National Chairperson Kwere Mantashe appeared in the evidence at the state capture about Bosasa. There's issues of the multi-million rent tender scandal in the Eastern Cape where his family benefited. ANCSG, Ace Mahashule, Asbestos, a project in the free state, Estina, and lots of other issues in the free state. His deputy, Jesse Duarte, previously I have personally written about the association of his former husband and his son with the Guptas. The less I say about Paul Mashadile, the better. But I'm not the judge. Let you, the public, be the judge. Unfortunately, gentlemen, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, colleagues, uh, political editor of the Sunday Times, Bongagonga Shoba. And my colleague uh, as a political journalist, Apuati Clerk. You can continue to engage with us on social media platforms with the hashtag STPoliticsWeekly. You can get our podcast on Iona.fm and all other platforms where you get your podcast. I am Mawande Mashabalala. Thank you.